Sasipa. I told you all. Sasipa tin alicia. I told you the truth. Greek god Papadon, aka GGP, in the Piocalitro Palisti, Seolo to Cosmo, the greatest wrestler on the planet today. I am also the architect of Invictus Pro Wrestling. Why, you may ask? Because GGP always draws the house. And they realized this at the last event. That's why they put your boy, GGP, where he belongs. In the main event on November 7th. Tora, rotate, me pion thahisawona mazi. Who are you going to be fighting with? None other than Ace Austin. Well, listen here, Ace. I've seen what you can do. I've seen you on TV with Impact Wrestling. And I'm not going to take anything away from you. You are very athletic, very, very talented. You are extraordinary, if you will. You have all these fancy moves, even though a few tricks. Bravo. See how it is. Allah, I feel similar support. Allow GGP to tell you another truth, another fact. Do you honestly think some purple hair, pick a card, any card, pull a rabbit out of my ass, soy boy is going to get the best of the alpha and the omega of pro wrestling? The gatekeeper of Invictus Pro Wrestling? That's right, GGP is also the gatekeeper. Because as I am going on my quest, Nagino Toproto, to become the first Invictus champion, nobody. Canenas shall pass. Just ask Highlight, he'll tell you. So, 11-7, Sunshine, you can bring all your fancy moves. You can bring your hocus pocus, your abracadabra. Hell, call yourself inevitable. The only thing, Domono Prado, that is inevitable is that when you step into my ring, on the 7th of November. GGP is going to hurt you. That's a blackoso, stoxilo, that's a sfaxo. Really? Really? Really bad. So it is written. Let it be told. Hello everyone and welcome to the PWC Podcast. I'm Jimmy T and my new co-host, Christopher Ams, right? That's how you pronounce it, true? <laughs> That's right. That's right, bro. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's a pleasure to be on here. It's an honor to be to be on here with you and uh, with the incredible guests that we have. I'm going to get into that in a second. First of all, uh, this is my first time podcasting. So you are hearing my voice for the very first time on internet. <laughs> Hello. Uh, 
if you want to remember my name, uh, there's two different ways that you can try to remember it. First of all, if you're a, if you're a really good boy and you go to church, uh, the word lambs is, is <laughs> often used in the Bible. My last name is lambs with no L A M B S. <laughs> and if you're more like me and you're a bit of an asshole, then it's like bullshit in the morning. So the way that you can remember my last name is it's like bullshit in the morning. A-M-B-S. <laughs> now, I said this is my first podcast, and I got to tell you, Jimmy, I'm, I'm ecstatic to be podcasting with you, but I don't know how you swung this to where we have a guest like this for my first podcast, bro. This man is, without a doubt, one of the most underrated underappreciated and criminally underbooked men in professional wrestling. Listen to me, listen to me right now. If you're booking somewhere and you don't have six months worth of creative in the bag waiting to go for this guy, you're failing. You give this guy five minutes on the mic or five minutes in the ring and he will shine brighter than ambrosia in the darkness. <laughs> he is the one and only the Greek God Papadon. GGP, thank you so much for being on with us, man. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. What a fantastic intro. I wish I wish I can hire you to intro me like that, walking into a conference room, walking into the, you know, the supermarket, you know, walking into the bathroom. It'd be fantastic. But I have to I have to I have to just touch on one small subject. Chris, I feel very sorry very sorry for you because we are popping your cherry with two Greeks. <laughs> I said that to him before. <laughs> so you know what? Let's be fair here. You have to learn to walk before you run. You're jumping in the water. You don't even know how to swim, especially with two Greeks. You are in trouble, my friend. So you know, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride, <laughs> man. I, I I know I'm saying this to two Greek people, and so it's just going to fall on deaf ears. But please be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We do a Greek style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beware of Greeks bearing gifts. That's it. <laughs> GGP, man. How you been, man? How's things? Well, I'm okay, man. Um, I wish there was more wrestling and more booking no opportunities here in the Northeast, especially in New York. Everything's still shut down show-wise. Uh, I have a booking coming up uh, November 7th in Victus Pro Wrestling in New Jersey. Uh, in the main event, it will be yours truly, the Greek god Papadon versus... Uh, Ace Austin from Impact Wrestling. Hey, that's so uh, awesome. Should be a good match. Should be a good show. Uh, last time I wrestled, I wrestled for Invictus. Um, stole the show. It wasn't no coincidence that once I dropped the promo, <laughs> they sold out. That's so. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying it was because of me, but <laughs> I am saying it was because of me. So I have dubbed myself the architect of Invictus Pro Wrestling because <laughs> GGP draws the house, my friend. So fuck yeah, you do, man. And that, and that's the thing. How many titles have you got right now, then? Right now, I have I have total of three belts. I am the Ronin World Heavyweight Champion, the Immortal Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, and the Alpha Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. And I'm also also with my partner in crime, my conspiracy horseman brother, Bin Hamin. That's right. We are the we are still the the reigning Dynasty Tag Team Champions. We haven't defended the belts because Dynasty has been temporarily shut down, but we're the last ones and we still have the straps. So I'm Greeky four belts right now. <laughs> Greeky four <laughs> belts. Oh, shit, that's a good one. Well, what was I going to say, man? I mean, what, 
like you said, like down the northeast, there's no shows going right at the moment. Nope, unfortunately, there really isn't. I mean, uh, I know they're doing a lot of outdoor shows in New Jersey with deathmatch okay. wrestling and stuff like that. Yeah. But come on, this is too pretty to mess up. So I'm, I'm not gonna. I don't do the deathmatch stuff. Well, I'm surprised you even done work in CZW, man, a while back. <laughs> well, listen, working with CZW was fun. I'll tell you why. Um, I had a lot of fun working with Greg Skipper uh, when I first started. Greg Excellent, uh, my first match there. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of haha and stuff like that. <laughs> but then they ended up putting me in a faction with Pepper Parks, who's known as the Blade, and with Cherry Bomb, who's now the Bunny, with you know Bunny Butcher yep. and the Blade. Back then, he was calling himself Jesse the Body Peppers, <laughs> and we had because uh, he's obviously in great physical shape. No I was the Greek god, and she's obviously Cherry Bomb. So it was, we called ourselves the Bomb, the Body, and the God. And we had a good <laughs> thing awesome. going. And unfortunately, uh, I know real reason why I got, I wasn't, you know, after a while, they stopped booking me. Um, not to throw anyone underneath the bus, but I got told from two different sources, two different times, the same exact story. And it sucks when ego. And jealousy and envy comes into play because I was getting so over alongside Pepper Parks and uh, and Cherry Bomb where people were bringing pizza boxes with my pictures on it no saying shit. where's, you know, because Papa John's pizza. And yeah, it makes sense. Right. You know, and they kept saying, where's my pizza? Where's my gyro? And they would put it on the pizza boxes. So, you know, put, put it this way. You know, I've been wrestling 21 years. I know a thing or two about professional wrestling through my experiences in life and just being a student of the game. To, to say that, I don't want to come off egotistical, but I'm very confident in what I can bring to the table. Two okay. things I can bring to the table is the following. Number one, I know how to get an, uh, a reaction out of the people. I know how to make that emotional connection with them to the point where they're at the edge of their seats like it's 1983 and they want to crucify me, tar and feather me in, in town square. I know how to piss people off. I have a natural act in doing so. My wife tells me that all the time, <laughs> right? The second thing I know is, I mean, I know how to put on a killer show, a, a, a good match, if you will, a good bout to the point where people leave the show. And every time they leave, they only talk about certain wrestlers. And I'm always one of the wrestlers they talk about because I know how to make that impression, a lasting impression to where I get them involved. I get them interacted i get that emotional connection that synergy between the fans and the wrestlers which a lot of wrestlers do not do nowadays and it is a lost art so i i bear that cross and i don't mind it because it is a lost art but i guarantee you every time you see me on a show i get the loudest ovations i i get in people's heads they know it's a work but at the same time they fall for it and they they, they, they that moment of disbelief occurs and we're off to the races like it's the 80s and kayfabe's still alive. You know what I'm saying? So I take pride in that because a lot of people can't do that. Man, yeah. absolutely. You know, this is like like me and Jimmy have been talking. Like probably like the angle that we have for this podcast is that we're both guys who we were fans when we were younger, right? And we've kind of fallen away as the product has gotten more. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what to call it, but it's just gotten more about like move, 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 move. There's no, there's no art form to it anymore. And like, I got to be honest with you, man, like looking up matches that you're having or even like promos that you're cutting and stuff. And I'm just like, dude, 
this guy gets what wrestling is supposed to be like you're not you're not going out there to try to be a cool heel and sell merch like and i love that that you're going out there looking at a crowd and you're just like there shouldn't be right like it just seems like it seems like basic math right but you're you're going out there and like the way that you're getting the crowd and i'm i'm watching these i'm watching like i watched that uh that program thing that you did with uh with gangrel there right and i mean like dude you had the crowd legitimately looking at you like you're a bastard and i hate you kind of thing and it's like man we need that in pro wrestling like it's supposed to be storytelling and we've lost that aspect and it's just sometimes you watch a show and it's more gymnastic than it is storytelling and it's like man guys like ggp they get it so that's why i said like in this intro i said criminally underbooked criminally well, you, man. man i agree with you <laughs> i totally agree with you um for whatever i mean i wish i had the answer to the million dollar question i'm always asked how come i'm not in wwe right now i don't know i wish i had it maybe i pissed somebody off maybe i said hello to somebody the wrong way i don't know i really don't know because every time i've done work with wwe Ring of Honor, TNA, uh, wherever I work, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I do a tryout for New Japan or any other big national company or global company. I get touted out of the wazoo. Yes. I get told how good I am, how how I actually look like a professional fighter, how I can, the fact I can cut a promo in two different languages, in English and in Greek, that no one does. And the funny thing is, it writes itself the actual storyline because the Greeks are the forefathers of professional wrestling we invented it so why not have a guy who actually can come out speak the language tell everybody that guess what you guys should get on your hands and knees and bow <laughs> because if it wasn't for the greeks you guys wouldn't be here you know what i'm saying and we are the forefathers of civilization we know we've been we invented everything from mathematics to astrology to democracy to the olympics and everything in between now do i chalk it up thousandfold in order to make a, a persona out of it to get people to hate me of course because everybody hates the asshole in the room who's braggadocious who's cocky but has an ounce of truth behind their argument you know what i'm saying and that is exactly what ggp does he comes out he states facts embellished facts but facts nonetheless and gets what's the key to professional wrestling and the key to professional wrestling it's twofold it's heat because that's where the money is and selling that's where the money is you sell and you get heat it's very simple it isn't difficult you can't reinvent the wheel you can do all the flippity do that stuff and i'll tell you wrestling 21 years i can do a lot of the flippity do that stuff i choose not to because I'm always 99% of the time booked as the heel, why would I be doing flashy moves to get approval? Exactly. I'd rather go in there, cut corners, take shortcuts, get the people to hate me, get them emotionally vested in the match so that when the good guy, the babyface, blows his comeback and starts going home, guess what? We're rocking and rolling and we have him at the edge of the sheets in the palm of our hands. And that is what a ring general does. Now, again, I don't want to come off cocky. I don't want to come off arrogant. But wrestling 21 years and wrestling all over this world and wrestling with everyone who's been on TV in some shape, form, or fashion, I've learned a thing or two about a thing or two. And it's not difficult. To me, it's like changing socks. So, And that's yeah, what annoys me, man. Well, sorry, Chris. Can I continue on? 
Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think like that the simple things like heat and selling have just gone completely by the wayside. And it's like, you're saying like, I'm not supposed to do all the flippity do stuff. I'm a bad guy, right? I'm the heel. It's like, I always say like when I'm watching, like, you know, when I like, you know, Jimmy and I are both trying to get back into wrestling. Right. So I was watching AEW the other day and I was just thinking like, man, you know, the young bucks are supposed to be heels in this match. The only move they need to know how to do is an eye gouge. Like <laughs> you, you shouldn't be doing flippity moves and super kicks and all this other stuff to crowd, to pop the crowd. If you're the guy who they're supposed to hate, give them a reason. And, you know, I love what you were talking about with your promo style about that little ounce of truth too, because like when I was a kid, like I'm Canadian, right? So my favorite right. wrestler when I was a kid was Brett, right? I loved Brett. And the reason why I personally feel like he had one of the best heel characters in the history of wrestling is that he was able to twist it so that instead of him being the heel a hundred percent, he almost made the audience kind of be the heel. Cause he was like, look, you're the Americans and you hate me and you hate me because Canada is this, that, and the other thing. And I've really seen that a lot in your promos too, where you're like, look, the only reason why you're booing me right now is because you know, I'm right. And I think that's just such a brilliant like way to get the crowd involved. Right. Because I mean, that's what everybody wants. You see that as you watch, you know, you see that as you watch, like I was watching today, I was trying to watch raw and like, I, I just couldn't after a while, man, I'm trying to watch the Thunderdome and there's 18,000 people with replica belts. And I'm just like, Oh man, like, but I get it that the crowd wants to be a part of the show. Right. And I think that as a heel, that's a really smart way that you can bring them into the show where it's like, no, like you don't understand you're booing me, but you're the bad guys. I love that. I just love it. Thank you, man. I mean, it's, again, it's not difficult to do when you uh, subliminally, you know, psychologically make that connection and mind fuck the audience. Excuse me for cursing, but nah, man, uh, curse, man. You, know, it's all about, yeah. you know, that's that look a good heel takes away what the people want to see. He will lie. He will steal. He will cheat to do so. A baby face gives the fans what they want. They vicariously live through the baby face because they can't kick the heels ass. So when you make that connection, it's magic. It's electric. There's no greater high. Okay, no drug on the world can emulate anything as, as uh, look, I've wrestled in front of thousands of people, and when they're all on the same page and they're booing me out the building, there's no greater high, especially when I have them in the palm of the ha in my hand, and I can control each and everyone's emotion in that room with just a look, a glare, a, 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 a certain mannerism, a step, a movement, whatever, you become the puppet master. And that's what, in my opinion... Again, this is just my opinion. And I'm not knocking any of the wrestlers today. What I'm saying is this. Wrestling is more than just moves. The moves don't matter. Because you go to a wrestling show, you're not going to sit there, remember every single move sequence from match one to the main event in, in, that, in, the same, in any order. You're not going to say, well, in match three, at minute four minutes and 13 <laughs> seconds, it was a drop to hole into a mighty soul cradle for a two count. He got up and hit him with a drop kick. That was half a quarter inch off. I'm taking off a star. It's only four star match. No, it, it, <laughs> that, that shit is not going to fly because no one remembers it. I remember watching wrestling in the 80s and the 90s. You remember moments, these quote unquote specific moments in certain angles and in matches that live on in infamy, right? Cool. 
but you don't remember everything from start to finish. There's no possible way you can remember everything unless you're gifted with a photographic memory. And I wish <laughs> I was, but I'm not. So what do you have to do to get over with the fans? You make that emotional connection. And that's all it's about. A heel will lie. Like I said, lie, steal, and cheat. Be, be the bully. Be the, be the asshole. Be the schoolyard bully. When the guy's down, you're the king of the world. When the guy gets starts coming up, oh, shit. <laughs> because if you're not going to believe it, your the body, news. exactly, Jimmy, exactly. If you don't yourself believe it, lose yourself in the moment, in your character, you know, it's not acting. It's reacting. Wrestling is reacting. It's never acting. We don't have a second chance. There's not a second take. Nothing. It's reacting. It's like almost like improv comedy. You improv in the motion, in, in the moment, you go with the flow, and you react. And you react off the fans. You react your, off your opponent. You react off the referee, so on and so forth. And what happens is it's very hard to do everything at once. It's not easy. Wrestling is an on-the-job experience. That's why a lot of the vets from back in the day, in the territory days, they say that you you really don't understand wrestling until you're five years in, and you still don't have a fucking clue back then. Hmm. Why? Because you're wrestling every day and you're learning on the job, right? Nowadays, you don't have that luxury because there aren't territories. Now there's more companies. Great. But with this COVID thing, it hit us like a fucking kick in the balls. You know, people aren't running. And if they are running, they only, you only can have a certain amount of people in the building to begin with. So it's not like everyone's going to get an opportunity. I was very fortunate recently to have wrestled for the United Wrestling Network pay-per-view with the NWA. You know, they do weekly pay-per-views now. And I had a great time. And they put on a tremendous product, which is pro wrestling to its pro wrestling finest. So anyone out there, and I'm not shilling out now, I'm being honest here. Anyone out there who loves professional wrestling, I strongly advise them to get the Fight Network app, either on their Roku, on their phone, on their computers, whatever, and pay the, the whatever it is, $8, $10 yeah, a week. It is, yeah. It's about seven bucks. Yeah, pay-per-view fee, and watch a night of professional wrestling. You won't see shenanigans and tomfoolery you know you will see wrestling what's missing today and the nwa was doing it with power before whatever happened and then covid and now they're doing it the uh the united wrestling network they have in their uh heavyweight uh they were sorry the world champion yeah. yep unfortunately i'm not in it so someone there needs to get fucking fired <laughs> but it's okay i hey, digress man. I digress. Maybe I'll do a run in and beat somebody up when they win the title. Instead of me wrestling three times, I'll just beat up the champion and take the strap wrestle once. And that's it. But whatever the case may be, brother, whatever. Look, at the end of the day, wrestling is wrestling. And it's always going to be good versus evil. It's always going to be David versus Goliath, depending on size. It's always going to be the same story told over and over and over again. And you can't reinvent the wheel. The question is, how do you make that connection? And that's always that's going to come through trial and error and on the job experience. And once you feel comfortable in your skin, like I feel very comfortable in my skin. If I got a call tomorrow and it's Vince McMahon saying, hey, pal, we want you to come to our SmackDown or Raw. We want you to wrestle Triple H in the main event. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm all nervous. (laughs) Fuck, Triple H better be ready for GGP. You know what I'm saying? And it's not it's not an ego thing. It's just I know what I can do. You know what I'm saying? I know what I can do, and I know I know what I do very well. And I'm very fortunate to say that I can wrestle any style. I've wrestled luchadors who can't even speak English. I do the lucha libre style. I wrestle the European scientific style, like the world of sport. I wrestle the Japanese style. 
I wrestle regular traditional American. I can brawl with the best of them. I choose not to do the death smash style because no. I really don't want to be all scarred up. You know what I'm saying? So you put me in there with a fucking bear or a broom or a civilian, I'll make them look like a million dollars. I've done it before. I'll do it again. There, you bring up an interesting point. I reckon you would be mega over, man, in New Japan, especially, man. Oh, dude, let me tell you a story about New Japan. Go for it. I was supposed to do a a tryout about a year ago. And I got hurt the week before and I had to pull off the tryout. So, yeah, I, I, I got dropped. And my right now you can't see because I'm wearing a t-shirt, but right here, my clavicle bone, there's a separation in the joint. And when you separate the joint, the, the attendants, I'm sorry, it's separation in attendants, they, they stretch out like a rubber band, they don't come back. And you see this a lot in football players, rugby players, uh, hockey players, wrestling players. All you need is to hit the shoulder in the right spot, excuse me, and the collarbone just popped up. So yeah. right now I got a little lump right here, and I was out for almost a month. I had to wear the sling, the whole nine yards. So I didn't get a chance to, to do anything with New Japan, but I would love, love, love to make a career in Japan, in New Japan or any other company in Japan. I've had the privilege of teaming um, with uh, uh, Chingasu uh, versus um, when Marvelous came here to the United States, uh, I, I teamed with Chingusa and it was myself and Chingusa versus Evil at the time known oh, as uh, awesome. Takabi Watanabe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of uh, the other girls, uh, to, what was her name? Tahori, uh, Ihori Tamu. Oh man, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm butchering the names. But you know, it was it was a I'll lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and dude, I would love to go to New Japan. Would Honestly, you, I yeah. Well, I was gonna say, like, if you do get that chance, would you actually like stay there for like a few weeks at a time? Say, absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, guaranteed. So that won't be a hindrance. Yep. Listen, man, doing this 21 years. And hearing a million no's, you give me that one yes, I'm gonna run that fucking ball into the end zone and score a touchdown yeah. every fucking time. No, because yeah. I know I know the opportunities there, and I know how scarce it is, you know. And I've had the door slammed in my face millions of times, and it's not because of talent, it's not because of look. For whatever reason, like I said in the beginning of the interview, whatever reason, I don't know what it is, because I've been always touted about the way I wrestle, you know, and the my, my mannerisms and you know the way I present myself, and if I get the opportunity, whatever company, NWA, uh, AEW, WWE, Impact, MLW, New Japan, All Japan, NOAA, World One, whatever, I get an opportunity to rock and roll and make a, a, a living doing this, making a lot of scarole, I'm there. I'm there. And that's what frustrates me, man, because I'm not saying this because you're Greek, I'm Greek and all, and all that shit. I truly mean this, man. Every time I watch it, and even on your on your um, United Wrestling debut, right, man, watching you move, and when you said that's his bustle, said deal, that popped me. I must say, and that for you, Chris, that means I'll break you in two, basically, right? I, and I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, um, man, you made that kid Remy Marcel look look like a million bucks, man. Like seriously, well, thank you. And I truly mean that. I mean, you carry that match so well, and. And you highlighted his moves as well as yourself. And well, he, uh, let's give credit to Remy too, because Remy Marcel I'm, is a great worker, a no tremendous doubt. worker who was wrestling with Sima in OWE in China, uh, oh, you know, for yeah. two years. And and, Sima. and yeah, and he was doing very well. So he knows a thing or two about a thing or two as well. And he's very, very talented. And luckily him and I had great chemistry and I was very fortunate to pull off the W that night. Um, but 
you know, thank you for the compliment. You see, stuff like this means the world to me. Because you know what? No matter what happens, hopefully I'll get my time in the sun. And, you know, I used to say it's definitely going to happen. I still feel it's going to definitely going to happen. But now I'm not saying it as much because I, I think I've jinxed myself. Who knows? I don't know. But when it does and if it does happen, you know, it's guys like you. And I'm not just saying it because, you know, we're Greek or whatever. Yeah. It's guys like fans like you that sees through all the smoke, all the bullshit, all the fucking glitz and glamours and sees uh, talent. Because, I, I you know, wrestling, wrestling is like ice cream, right? I say it all the time. I, I got the saying from Dr. Tom back in the day, Dr. Tom Pritchard, yep. tremendous individual, uh, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Well, my flavor of ice cream is reality. <laughs> nice. You'll never see me join, uh, be a, a citizen of Leg Slap City. You'll never that, see man. me, you know, you'll never see me, uh, you know, do stupid moves that give away the business. You will never see wasted motion in my matches. I can literally... You know, I'm 43 years old, wrestling 21 years. I have, I started when I was 22 at the doghouse. I was trained by Mikey, I mean, by uh, Homicide and Mikey Whipwreck. Now, I feel better now at 43 than I did when I started at 22 because I know how to move and I can go an hour Broadway, no problem. Done it a million times at training. Myself, Mike Mondo, rolling around, rolling around, rolling around in the ring, doing what we got to do, having, you know, sparring matches. No problem. I've been very fortunate with the gift of gab and not getting blown up in the ring. I'm running circles around all these kids who are in their 20s and their 30s, and they're doing, they're like, pop, how do you do it? <laughs> I, do, I don't know. It's just, I'm a, I'm a machine. But <laughs> on, the other side of the on the other side of the spectrum, Playing with my kids for five minutes, I'm all gassed out, dude. I can't even survive, you know. Oh, so man. I feel you. I feel you, man. I'm a single dad. I got two little girls. It's like, man, like I can't. I used to box, right? And I, mm -hmm. you know, same kind of thing. I've got a pretty good. I got pretty good lungs. Yeah, man. Those kids start jumping on you, and after about four or five minutes, you're like, okay, okay, okay. Like, give give the old man a break now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. Like, you do everything right. Papa Don, man, like what I mean by that, like watching you in your last match, you worked exactly like an old school heel, man. You don't need to do those fucking flips and leg slap city, like you said before. And and now they look so obvious too when they're slapping their legs. I mean, I don't know if it's the cameraman or just them not knowing where their cameras are, but man, it's you see it openly, just slap, kick. You know what I mean? That that annoys the shit out of me, man, big time. And today's wrestling, like you said earlier. The art of selling and and even like psychology in the ring is lost, in my opinion. No one's playing up to the fans. No one's like. Well, I'll tell you why. And again, this is not a knock against any wrestlers today, because a lot of them are my friends, and a lot of them are doing what they're doing, and they're actually making a living at it. So God bless them. And no doubt. Yep. It is what it is. But here's the deal. Back in the day, wrestlers were the puppet masters. They controlled the emotions of the crowd. The crowd, they got emotionally vested and cheered or booed according to what the wrestlers did. Nowadays, because of social media, because of the internet, because of kayfabe being broken, 
wrestlers allow the fans to dictate the pace of the match. And that's a problem because the fans become the puppet masters. So they want to hear the, this is awesome, clap, 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 or you still got it, or, you know, whatever chant that they're doing, or they want to hear the ooh and the ah, and they, they know that wrestlers, you know, the fans react to sound, hence the all leg slapping in leg slap city, you know? So they don't realize that they're doing more detriment than, than justice to their craft. Because I say this, the goal of me, my goal when I get into a wrestling ring is twofold. One, actually threefold. Let me correct myself. One, protect my opponent. Two, get my opponent over. And third and finally, and this is the order that I'm telling you it should be done. Get yourself and the angle over. As a heel, your job is to make the baby face look like a million dollars and get the baby face over and vice versa. The baby face should get the heel over and get himself over as the last thing added in the equation. Now, with that being said, when you're too busy worrying about what some basement dwelling soy boy is going <laughs> to type on the internet, then you're already fucking 10 steps behind the race because what did that guy do? Did he go to wrestling school? Did he take any bumps? Did he pay any dues? No. You know, so that's a problem. And what happens is the attention span of people nowadays is now what it used to be. 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago, That's or true. even 30 years ago, we have instant gratification with this device in our hand because we can do whatever we want. We could talk to people across the pond. We could talk to, we could pay our bills or our mortgage. We can go get laid if we want, you know, on certain apps. There's an app for everything. If there was an app for someone to come and wipe your ass while you take a dump, <laughs> people would have it. You know what I'm saying? People don't even go. I mean, people don't even go to the supermarket anymore. They don't even cook their dinner anymore. They don't even pick up. They don't even go through the drive-thru anymore. They have apps for everything. So people want things now, you know? So that transcends into the audience. You know, you ever watch a wrestling audience nowadays? They sit there and in two, three seconds, they're automatically going to their phones. True, you know what I'm man, saying? Yeah. So your job as a performer is a little harder, but guess what? Don't play to them. I allow them to come to you. And that's what I do. So, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's a gift. Sometimes it's a curse. But if everybody's doing ABC and I come out doing XYZ, guess who's going to be the one that stands out? Your boy GGP Absolutely. because he's doing something different. So no doubt. I'd like to bring up something kind of funny, actually, something that I think that a, a GGP will get a kick out of. I hope he gets a kick out of it anyway. I, was gonna ask I brought this up with Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Go I brought it. it up with Jimmy and he was like, man, I don't know if you should bring this up. I was like, I was like, <laughs> man, I kind of want to bring this up. So, so again, this is my first time podcasting. Right. And I'm super excited to be on here. I can't, I literally do. Like, I can't believe that we were lucky enough to get you on here for this first time podcasting. Um, but you and I have actually interacted a little bit before kind of through a third party. So um, I don't know if you remember like the first, the first year that the horsemen were running, you guys used to do like a mailbag segment and everything. And it basically like anyone who emailed you'd, you'd get back to them. Cause it, you know, it's a, it was a small show to start with. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you remember this email, this specific email or whatever that I sent in, but it was uh, uh, actually Ben said that it was one of his favorite two emails from the first year. And it was about the, the guy who was the ex Mormon 
basically, <laughs> so basically like I sent in an email and I was, I was basically talking about like how much I like you guys and just like the talent that's on that show. Right. Like not only just the high level of wrestling knowledge, cause all four of you guys are like just absolutely brilliant in the, in the business, in the mechanics, in everything about wrestling. Like you guys are all guys to look up to. And I had kind of done this thing. And I mean, I don't know if you remember like the first year of the horseman, it was sort of like the game that was being played where people would send in little jabs or whatever. And then GGP would come back and knock them the fuck out with a, <laughs> with a promo. Right. Which I thought was pretty fun. So I wrote in this email and I was talking about like, you know, Oh, like Ben's this and all this stuff. And then I was like, GGP, you know, like, who are you kind of thing. And I thought it was like, I just, for me, like it was so funny. Cause the way that you hit back was like, I loved it. Like I was saying to Jimmy, like, there's no heat for me. I thought it was fucking brilliant, dude. Cause what like literally, I like I was like, who are you? And your response was, well, I'm a guy who likes more women and you're apparently a guy who likes more men. And I was just like, Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> this fucking that's a, that's guy just murdered me. <laughs> All right. More men. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Oh yeah, and that's what yeah, it was, was great, man. I honestly like I, I I to me it was like this is the best ever. Like I love this. I love this show. You know what I mean? I love the show, and uh, I just loved that for like a second there. I got to interact with you, and and like to to my credit too, Ben knows how to read something dramatically, right? So like the of way course. that I had written the email, I had put GGP, who are you, and then I put dot dot dot, right? So he paused. And he let you come back, right? <laughs> and then he kept reading the rest of the email. And the rest of the email was me saying, like, no, I'm just kidding. Like, I've looked up a bunch of your stuff online. You're fucking awesome. I can't believe you haven't been signed yet. Like, we're, you know, the the whole Hameen army is like, is like waiting for you to get your shot because we all know that you're gonna just fucking kill it. But I just like, you know, you know how like Hameen, like he's got that timing, right? He knows what 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 i intended at that dot 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 right because he's just so fucking high level and then just for you to come back with that more men comment like it was just i i i, I told jimmy i was like i'm gonna bring this up i hope gtp no doesn't deal, fucking brother. hate me no, why would i hate <laughs> you for, bro? listen you gotta realize it's a podcast we do it to enlighten the masses and what people out there don't know what i'm talking about it's conspiracy horseman podcast it's four pro wrestlers myself uh bin hamin uh, Big Sal Graziano from ECW, right, from the FBI. And uh, Big Stevie Cool, a.k.a. Stevie Richards from BWO, right to censor. We are always questioning the, narr the narrative on everything. We're not telling you what's right, what's wrong. We present you with facts that we find. And we, we dissect everything from every angle. And then we present what we find. And then we allow you people to make up your own analysis. But we bring it to the table to enlighten the masses and let them know what's really going on behind behind the scenes and as four professional wrestlers with years of experience behind us we we sort of accustom having a sixth sense to to figuring out what's a work where's the bullshit so we bring that to the table so but also it's also entertainment as well because it's a goddamn podcast so someone writes in and tries to take a verbal jab at me i'm gonna go back at them why because i can and what's gonna happen they're gonna get upset tough shit fucking man up yeah. you know what i'm saying like come on it, I'm not. I, I can really care less about these fucking entitlement and all these soy boys out there who get their feelings hurt and they need to sit in their safe spaces. I grew up in the '80s and the '90s where men were men, and you know what? We busted each other's balls at the bar before we mm -hmm. tried to find a girl to go home with, and that's what we did. Now, if people can't take it because their feelings are hurt, well, guess what? Buttercup, tough shit.
We're back. We're back. <laughs> but um, <laughs> sorry about that little inconvenience. But as you were just saying, well, I was saying that the that the situation with Blake Troop initially was a shoot, and Blake, being who he is, very smart individual, taking trying to capitalize on the situation and make a name for himself at the time, was at the wrong place at the wrong time, doing the wrong thing. Um, since that time, we obviously, you know, found equal ground. Uh, to say that there isn't something still there would be fictitious. But to say that sometimes a shoot becomes a work in order to make some Scott Ole, well, yeah, it's wrestling, dude. That's what happens. So if if something was to happen between Blake and I now, I'm looking along the lines of a work. But at the time, I was down to have an MMA match with him in the cage. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that too. On the and then he was like, and Mike's like, mate, you know, my cause. Yeah. He's like, you'd fight him in a cage? Fuck yeah, I'd fight him in a cage, dude. <laughs> I was like, I ain't scared of nobody. I was like, I'm not a tough guy by any means. I don't start looking for trouble. I don't think I'm God's gift. You know, there's always someone bigger and better out there. That's that's the golden rule. But shit comes my way. I will never run. I don't care if it's 100 to 1 or 1 on 1. I will never fucking run. I will stand my ground and fight like the Spartans did with the Persians. That's what I would fucking do. It's in my DNA. I was going to say that. It's it's the Greek in you, man. (laughs) Because we all like that. We all stream many men like that. You know what I mean? Listen, if I could take the bandofla from my mom being a little kid, I can survive <laughs> yeah. anything. You know what I'm saying? That's, the, that's a slipper from my mother when I was a oh, kid. Yeah, I, can, I can survive everything, Chris. But anyway, oh, but, yeah, you know, bandofla. shout out to Blake because Blake Blake is doing a phenomenal job as a commentator for you. you he know, is, no doubt. Network. No so doubt about it. kudos to him, man. He turned he turned something into gold. I think he's he has a very bright future as a commentator. Who knows if he gets in the ring? Maybe we'll see a Blake Troop GGP match. You know, I'll take him to school. No, man, you just got to avoid that headlock. You just got to avoid that headlock, bro. That's that. That's a killer headlock. Of course, he's a killer headlock, bro. He's he's an MMA guy. He'll put it on. But guess what? I know a thing or two about a thing or two. So don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, bro, like my money'd be on GGP. I like Blake too. Like I, like I like Troop. He's a good dude. But like in a wrestling ring, like, I mean, come on, man. Like you know. You've been doing it for you said twenty one years. Like you're not getting fooled. You're not getting caught. It's that's not going to happen in a wrestling ring. Well, well, I must admit, like seeing that the interaction between you and Blake back then, I was excited, man. Regardless of whatever I thought, if it was a shoot or work or whatever, right? But man, that you two pulled it off so good. Even just the stare down when you snuffed him, I was like, oh shit. You know what I mean? I can't wait. That was like I said. That was legit. That wasn't even planned. That wasn't even. You know, there wasn't even a segment or anything like that. There was nothing planned. It just happened. He had to get in my face, and I don't back down. I don't give a fuck who you are. Did you? It could have been Vince McMahon coming into my oh. fucking face. Oh. I don't care. <laughs> I would love you to can't see that. listen. Nowadays, unfortunately, this business is fucking riddled with little boys trying to pretend they're men. Fucking. But on the thank you. <laughs> but but on the flip side. On the flip side, you also have men who act like little boys behind the scenes because of their insecurities. So the wrestling itself is the weirdest thing, to be honest with you. Because I, agree. I my life, I've been in everything from corporate boardrooms to fucking working for Fortune 500 companies to, to, to wrestling in VFWs to being in fucking Hollywood pictures with fucking Mickey Rourke. You know what I'm saying? I've done it, I've done a lot, you know. But at the end of the day, wrestling itself, it's 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 its own entity, meaning that what I just stated, 
Now you have little boys who are trying to act like men. And the majority of them have never even been in a real fight. They've never thrown a real punch. So how can you emulate throwing a working punch in a fucking wrestling match if you've never thrown a real punch in real life, right? Then on the other side, 5, 10, 15 years ago, you had a bunch of men who were acting like little bitches and little boys because they get butt hurt that, oh, I got to put this one over. Or I got to get my shit in. and Just politics galore. Now, not so much because people realize – you know, if I fail, then everybody fails. At least I hope so. But well, you think, you, right? You think, yeah. But then again, like I said, you see all these little soy boys running around trying to be tough guys. They don't know the first thing about being tough guys, you know? So, yeah. eh, again, vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, reality. You're always going to get reality <laughs> with me. You know, I've been in a lot of barroom fights, you know, and I've won some, I've lost some, whatever the case may be. Again, I'm not a tough guy. But, I, but when you see me walk into a room, you know, oh, who's that? I've been told a million times. When you see me in the wrestling ring, you'll you'll see me. Oh, look at his face. There's a presence there. Exactly. Definitely, a hundred percent. And you know what, man? You don't even look your age. You look so much younger. Well, like, thank you, man. I, 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 it's I, the Greek genes. It's the Greek DNA. It's the genes. Greek genes. Not, not even a wrinkle, man. You know what I mean? Like seriously. And like, people go to me, "Why do you shave your head? You're going bald." I said, "No, man. No, you're not. I, I, <laughs> I, I got a foot, yeah. foot hair, hair, hair. <laughs> you know what it is? I'm very meticulous. Like." I, when I used to get my, my skin fades, I used to go to the barber every week. Like no $20. $20 on a Friday to go get my fade so I can look good f- for the weekend because of shows, whatever the case may be. Right? Well, that shit adds up. $20 a week. You know? <laughs> and and in, my, and in my, you know, I got a house. I got a family. I got a wife. Yeah. I got kids. I got bills galore. Living you, in New, you know, living in New York is no cheap fucking thrill either. No, you no, know? No. So... You know, I got to cut corners here and there. So I said, I'm going to start shaving my head and do it myself because it's easy. And I don't have to pay nobody. And I got to tip nobody. So I just shave my head. I look good. When I saw a picture of me when I was a little baby, when my mom shaved my head, <laughs> so my hair can grow in thicker, that old wise tail. You know what I'm saying? The Greek moms <laughs> yeah, do. Of you know, and I went, oh, I look good with a bald head. Let me try it. And I shaved it. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. So You're a character, man. For saying that, I saw a picture of, my, of myself as a baby. That's the best thing I've ever heard all year, oh, man. <laughs> Seriously, but the only you, time you catch GGP as a baby, exactly, exactly. <laughs> True, that's the thing. Yeah, well said again. Good segue. But actually, I'd love to see you as a baby one day, and I mean that as a baby face. It'd be interesting. Oh, I've done it a million times. I can do it again. It's no big deal. The only thing is the persona itself. Yeah, you're right. Works better as a heel. No but yeah, but I mean, look, I was in ECWA for. Two, three years straight, right? I am in their Hall of Fame. I won the 2012 ECWA Super 8 tournament, right? I remember that, yeah. Made it to the finals on the 13th, on the 2013. Uh, unfortunately, he fell short, didn't win the, the second year in a row. Bad booking, my opinion. Um, but regardless, um, mm-hmm. I was their champion for over 560-something days my first run. And then I won the belt a second time. And, I, you know, I main evented there. I wrestled. Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa, we've tore it down left and right, wrestled this one, that one, whatever. I had great matches to the point where I was such a fucking heel and people hated me so much <laughs> that it became entertaining and it organically shifted for me to become a face. Because then people started appreciating the talent and the entertainment value that an aspect that I brought into a match. Sort of like The Rock when he started as a heel. Not saying I'm The Rock. No, no, I mean, no. I wish, I, 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 wish exactly. I had his fucking money. I wish I had his money. <laughs> But you I know, know what you're saying though. 
You know, just like the you know, just like the Rock when he started off as a heel, and he was so entertaining as a heel that yeah, everyone started or, cheering again. Exactly, it, it's and they didn't turn him like, straight away to a face yet. He joined the corporation no. instead, so you know, it's bro. It's it's just like they say. It's like they say in uh, the Dark Knight when Harvey Dent says, "You know, you're the hero long enough, you end up becoming the villain, and vice versa." It's the truth, especially in this entertainment yeah. business. So, and I know you don't oh, really man, like that. Like, yeah, sorry, Chris, go continue on. No, I was just going to say, like, it's really cool. Like, you know, you were talking earlier about wrestling being about moments, right? And you were talking about Rocky and that and that turn from heel to face. And I, I can remember, like, the moment when I think everyone in the back just knew, okay, we don't have a choice anymore. And it was, Rocky was still a heel, and he was doing his catchphrases and everything, right? And I remember one week he came out, and he was doing the, if you smell, and the, the people started chanting along with him, and he stopped, and he went, it's not sing along with the champ, right? <laughs> and that's a that's a good way to you know keep your heat, right? But the next week, he does the thing, again, if you smell, the people start chanting along, and he goes, it's not, and then the crowd chants, sing along with the champ, and it was like, <laughs> Yeah, your heel heat is fucked, bro. You got you you are too cool. You're that's it. <laughs> it's like right. that's the end. You have to turn them. And you know what the thing is, man? Like I reckon here, like Papa Don, you'd be so over in Australia, man, because there's so many Greeks here and they would support you like a hundred percent. I've got to So all you Australian you promoters, bring me in. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down to come in. I'll do seminars, I'll work the show, we'll have a good time. I'll throw another shrimp on the Barbie, I'll wrestle a crocodile. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'll do the job to a koala. I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> to a koala. <laughs> hey, they don't fuck around. They, you know they got chlamydia, yeah? Do they really? No, really. No, that's that's dead set true. <laughs> so yeah. like ODB? <laughs> oh. The cold dirty bastard? <laughs> yeah. Chlamydia? I thought you Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, something oh, wait, like no, that. Oh, that was gonorrhea. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. What um, you're saying, Jimmy, is that Koala bear is actually originated in Greece. That's what you're telling me, right? Oh, Everything no. <laughs> originated in Greece, my friend. It well, just about, right? But um, you know, no, seriously, do you think this COVID shit? Do you reckon the days of fans interacting with wrestlers are gone now? No more. No, I think once I think once the election happens and once something, I don't know, man. We got to see what happens with this election. This whole scenario with Corona has been one big fucking giant clusterfuck. I think it's a lot of fear mongering. Oh, um, definitely. Uh, I think. I mean, don't get me wrong. The virus is legit. It's oh no, it is. It is legit. I've had people who I know pass away from it, and but the problem is this: um, the CDC, unfortunately, and you hear me say this on the Horseman all the time. Yeah. The CDC always contradicts itself, just like NASA. They'll come out and they'll give you these bullet points to scare the shit out of you, right? And then. Weeks later, they come out with their statistics, and their statistics contradict the bullet points. How the how the the virus has a 97, 99% of you know recovery rate, and that anyone under the year under 24 and under, the chances of them dying from the virus is one in a million, but the chance of the same individual 24 under getting hit by lightning is 700,000 to one, as opposed to a million to one. Yep. So it's just like, so you're telling me I have a greater chance of getting hit by lightning than, than fucking dying from from uh from from COVID if I'm under if 24 or under 25 or under then why are all the schools the way they are you know it just it's it just it doesn't make sense 
None of this makes sense. You can go to you can go to Walmart, you can go to Tesco, you know, whatever fucking you know supermarket, big chain retail outlet is out there, but you can't go to church, you can't go there, you can't go here. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like if it's good over here, then it should be good over here. If it's not good over here, then it shouldn't be good over here. They can protest, but we can't go to church. How the fuck does that make any yeah. sense? Anyway, I don't want to go down the, 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 this yeah, pathway no, because it's a yeah, podcast. Exactly, exactly. You guys can catch us on the twitch.tv slash conspiracy horseman for all that stuff. No doubt. And it's one of the best shows out there in podcast land. Thank you. But, hey, it's true, man. I, that's one show I listen to religiously week in, week out. But what I was going to get back to, so you think, like, once hopefully everything gets back to normal, there will be a time where fans will be able to interact with wrestlers again, just like it used to be. Yeah, I think so. I hope so, I man. Hope so. I hope so. I mean, put. I don't know if it's going to be in 2021. Hopefully not 2022. Fuck but that. I don't know, man. Look, aside from wrestling, because at the end of the day, fuck wrestling. People's livelihoods are being... Yeah. Punished, unfortunately, yeah. and all these small business owners are being forced to lose their businesses because of all these restrictions all over the U.S. worldwide. <coughs> Excuse me, but <coughs> just a little COVID. Um, uh, in you know, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. That's all right. It's all right. But but uh, you know, it, it sucks because you know you have a family that depends on their business, and now yeah. they're up Shit's Creek. The, the people who are collecting, the bill collectors, the banks, they don't care about the average individual. No, they, they care don't. about their, their their bottom line. But when they fuck up, they get a bailout. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's bullshit, man. Yeah, of course it's right. bullshit. That's the way the world works. Yeah, it's fucking... It's, the, world, the world is one giant... Look, I do not want to go down this rabbit hole. Know, it's going to be a five-hour podcast. They, put it this way. The world itself is one giant work, bro. Fuck yeah, I agree, yeah. man. And I used to... Look, I'll, I'll get off it quick, but I just want to say one thing. At first, I thought it was a work. I, I went live, right? But then a close friend of mine actually had gotten it as well. And uh, he nearly, fuck, he couldn't breathe. He got rushed to hospital. He was in hospital in intensive care, man. And I was like, shit, this shit's real, like legit. So after that, I was like, oh, I'm not going to, like whether it's man-made or it's fucking came from Wuhan, I don't think, I personally think it got let out. But like I said, we won't go there. But, but that's not the point. And as you know, a mutual friend of ours is also seems like could have it you know so i mean yes, it's, it's the real deal man it's it does it doesn't discriminate i just hope no, it's it not savage you know look unfortunately the, the the topic at hand has been politicized and used as a political tool and to me that itself is a travesty in itself yeah. um it just the way the world is today is just bizarre old land What's good is bad. What's good is, you know, what's good is bad. What's bad is good. You yeah. know, uh, up is down, down, down is up. Is up. Re- exactly. It just, it's a shit show. Like I said, it's like a multi-man match that's fucking a shit show. That's all it is. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully it clears up soon and we can get back to some kind of normalcy. Um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, it, it's funny, but, you know, I mean, look at Sweden. That's all I got to say. Look at Sweden. They, they didn't follow they any guidelines. Herd, yeah. And they're immunity. fine. They've done they're herd immunity. Fine. We should have so done that know. from the start. I, I agree with you. But I uh, like I said, let's yeah. just get out of this shit because, yeah, we can go on. For all right, let's talk about well, some wrestling. That's it. Actually, what I wanted to ask you, <laughs> like, GP. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say. No, go, 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 go. 
Was what got you started like in professional wrestling? Like, as in, who were the guys that actually made you say, bet. "I wanted to do this"? Sorry, I lost a bet. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I people ask me, "How'd you get into wrestling?" A I lost a bet. Career that happened out of that bet. <laughs> oh, no, no, here he goes. All right, here we go. When I was young, there's two things I always wanted to do. I draw comic books. I'm a big yeah, comic book that, guy, yeah. Star Wars guy, right? So I always wanted to draw for Marvel and DC. Unfortunately, my dad is going to be 10 years now. He's passed away. But my dad, being the strict Greek from Greece, uh, coming to this country, became a citizen. He was right off the boat. My way, the highway. You don't like what I'm telling you? Get out of my house type of scenario. I want, you know, I wanted to go work for Marvel Comics and DC Comics drawing comic books. My dad, being uh, in construction, doing a little bit of setting. No, I didn't bust my ass all these years for you to go sell paintings or drawings on the street to make ends meet for a piece of bread. You're going to become a lawyer or a doctor or get out of my house. I can relate a hundred percent to this, but yeah. So the fucked up thing is that I'm a really good artist. People tell me and then people are like, Oh, it's a waste of talent. So regardless, I also always want to become a professional wrestler. So when I graduated college, I said to myself, I don't want to be 70, 80 years old and say, shoulda, coulda, woulda. So I ended up looking around for the Killer Kowalski School in Boston. Now, at that time, in 98, 99, the internet not being what it is today, I couldn't find an address. Lo and behold, I was in some kind of fucking magazine store, and I pick up the Pro Wrestling Illustrated issue, Guide to the Independence. And I'm like, what the fuck is the Independence? So I look through the book and I see all these little smaller companies across the world. And I went, holy shit. All I knew at the time was the NWA, the AWA, and WWF. So I found a company, the Long Island Wrestling Federation in Queens, New York, run by Bobby Lombardi. Rest in peace, Bobby. And I said, you know what? Queens is a lot closer, considering <laughs> I lived on the border of Queens and Long Island. Yeah. Uh, I went a lot closer than Boston. Let me go give this a look. So what happened? I went to the place with my buddy, Rich, who is a big wrestling fan. I'm like, come on, bro. You could join too. And uh, here's a little story. Uh, he's Spanish. He's Puerto Rican. And I, we used to throw, you know, we used to do graffiti back in the day. So my tag was scan, S-K-A-N. So I'm like, <laughs> cool. we, we could be, we could be spick and scan. That'd be our new tag team name, like spick and span. That was, you know, that was the cleaning thing back in the day. It was only a joke, you know? And we go to the wrestling school. He comes with me and he's like, I'm not doing this. Because I guess maybe he checking <laughs> out, whatever. So we end up going. Uh, there was a wrestler by the name of Lathan, the Tower of Torture. And he's like, look, man, come back tonight. Bobby will be in here tonight. So I come back that night. And he's like, hey, kid, why do you want to be in wrestling? So, yeah. And I told him, I've been a fan all my life. I want to give it a shot. And I told him the story of what I just told you guys. And he's like, all right, kid, here's the deal. You got to pay this much, this much, that much. And We'll train you. You see that guy right there? I'm like, yeah. He goes, his name is Homicide. He's going to be your trainer. I'm like, who the fuck is Homicide? <laughs> so I'm saying to myself, all right, so whatever. Lo and behold, a week later or maybe two weeks later, they changed their uh, their location from in Queens to, uh, uh, to Brooklyn, which was maybe like a 10, 15-minute, uh, you know, variants in, tra- in traveling distance they were in 940 jamaica avenue in um uh, in brooklyn and, and uh it was known as the doghouse 
the infamous doghouse. So I started training in June of 99. I had my first match July of 99, which Shit. is unheard of. Yeah. That's unheard of. Yeah, I was going to say that. Six months later, Homicide and I were main eventing, having a lot of matches. No in, way. In the doghouse. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yep. And the reason why is because I really, I, I still do. I really want it real bad. Um, I would work in on Wall Street at the time. And I came down and, you know, I'd work till like 10, 11 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, whatever the case may be, depending on the night. And then I'd go to the doghouse and wrestle till 2, 3 in the morning. Wow. You know, and they'd get pissed at me, pop it on. Jimmy, get out of the ring. All right. We want to we want to play video games and smoke weed. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. You know? <laughs> but so, you were still fucking, you wanted to train no matter yeah, dude, what. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And I had my first match July 17th, 1999, which is my oh, birthday. My, 20, wow. my 22nd. My 22nd birthday. So, you know, I started training in June, July 17th. I had my first match. And then six months later, like I said, Homicide and I are having our first, uh, a main event for, for a ladder match, you know, main event ladder match in the doghouse. And a ladder match, shit. You know, where we broke the fucking ladder. <laughs> and we had to use one of those ladders that extend in order to get the belt oh, because the folding shit. ladders broke. Thank God we had that or else it'd be a short match, <laughs> oh, but you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, I fell in love with professional wrestling, obviously growing up Saturday night's main event, being in New York, yeah. being a young Hulkamaniac, whatever, but that's not what I, that's not what I love. I fell in love with Jim Crockett promotions, the NWA. They used to be on channel 11 here in New York after they used to, you know, they used to play, I think, NWA, whatever it was called, Power Hour, whatever yeah, it was, hour, around, around, around uh, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. So after Saturday morning cartoons, you know, you watch Godzilla and then, boom, wrestling comes <laughs> on. Or, or vice versa, wrestling first thing, Godzilla comes on, on, on WPIX 11, whatever it was here in New York. Now now it's known as think, the WB or whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, uh, yeah, or no, it's CW. It's the CW, CW now. Yeah. So I should fucking aging myself here. But... <laughs> <laughs> the match that I fell in love with uh, was Sting vs. Flair. The not first one, the clash, the clash one, the draw, or nope, 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 not the Clash of the Champion, not the uh, Batch of the Beach. It was a TV match on really? a WWE Power Hour. Wow! And I fell in love, and I said, "This is what I want to do." And I remember a few weeks after that, maybe maybe a few months after that, Sting versus Mike Rotundo for the NWA TV title, ten minute time limit. Kevin Sullivan in the varsity club put up a $15,000 bounty. If he can beat him in 10 minutes, he gets the belt and the cash. And he did. And I went up to my mom. She was washing dishes. I remember we were living in Jackson Heights at the time. I'm like, mom, mom, I know what I want to be when I grow up. She, you know, oh, she's washing the piata. And she, I'm like, she's like, what? And I'm like, a wrestler. She looks at me. She goes, go play with your toys. Like, like Ralphie from Christmas Story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you know, Ralphie from Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. You know, the, one of those type of deals. So. Oh, that's why I became a pro wrestler, man, because I'm not drawing comics. Uh, and I said, I don't want to live with regret. No um, so yeah. here I am 21 years later, and it's been a great ride. Uh, could it have been better? Yeah. Could it have been worse? Yeah. But you know what? 21 years, I still haven't gotten started. So I'm still having peaked. I haven't peaked. So we'll see. Maybe I can do it for another 21 years. We'll see what happens. Man, yeah, man, absolutely. Well, I was gonna. I want to be a ride for the ride. Like, I want to be along for the ride. Like, I want to. I want to watch all of the all all the programs. I want to. I want to see the matches. I like. Honestly, man, Man, it's. He's he's wrestled pretty much the who's who of today's wrestling, man, and that's that's facts. 
even CM Punk. You look it up. You just look it up, man. Just Google GGP match. Like you, you'll find his match against just Some about anybody Joe's, that you can no. think of. And they're great matches and i'm telling you if you if you want to look up some ggp stuff don't do it unless you're going to look up some promos too because the dude can cut a promo like i mean you've heard him on the podcast here today so obviously you know the guy can talk but i'm telling you like when he's in character and when he's got people around him screaming at him he's on another level like main event level no question his promo is like tops but thank you that means a lot to me thank you very much and it would be a travesty if you don't fucking get a chance, man. Like, like I said, I've written to people. I've, man, like I said, New Japan, you'd be a total fit, man. You'd be over like Rove over there. And I mean that as a heel way, right? The hit you'd get over there, like, especially with the Japanese audience, like, and, the, and even the persona, it so fits what they do sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like you no, definitely, a, brother. Look, yeah. you're preaching to the choir. I wish. I wish I had the opportunity to shine. Uh, hopefully, I will. I mean, if anyone's listening out there, Australian promoters, Japanese promoters, European promoters, I'm available. Just give me a ring. You can email me at papadon 595 at yahoo.com, and we could talk business. Um, but until, the, until that, I'll keep chasing the dream only because, you know, you only miss the shots you don't take. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I can hear a million no's. I just need that one yes. That's it. You and know, GGP and Korokan Hall is a good fit. I would so love to see that. I mean, you've even worked dark matches in WWE before in the past, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I've worked in, put this way, I've wrestled in the garden, you know, oh, awesome. when in, in, in a dark match, but not in dark match in front of crowds. Like when you work extra, you work in front of the, the talent, like uh, the production and, and all the, that you work in front of the, the, the talent you work in front of the producers and you know so on and so forth uh i wrestled you know the you know i wrestled multiple times uh you know and uh you know i wrestled claudio and chris hero their their tryout match i wrestled the briscoe's brothers in their tryout match oh really um yeah i mean it, like you said a who's who you have I wrestled man. I wrestled everybody in ECW. I wrestled Bam Bam fucking Bigelow, you know, for God's sake, you know, God Bam rest his soul. Too. Yeah. You know, I, I wrestled I CM Punk. I wrestled Samoa Joe, Loki, Homicide, you know, the who's who, the SATs, you know what I'm saying? Everybody in their mother I've done wrestled. The fucking, you know, Trent Acid, everybody. You name them, I've wrestled. Trent Acid, RIP to him. I mean, he's been, he's been gone for a while, while now. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, I've wrestled even some of the new guys. Like I wrestled Nick Aldis. I've wrestled, you know, I've wrestled, you know, I did a three-week tour in England and I stayed at his house, you really? know, and I wrestled, yes, wow, I wrestled awesome, for, yeah. for Brian Dixon. I wrestled for him. I wrestled, wrestled him at, you know, in, 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 uh, in the UK. I wrestled Marty Skull. I wrestled, you know, me and Marty go back years. You I know, didn't and, know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, bro. Uh, I wrestled fucking, you know, the big dude. What's his name in Ring of Honor? Um, that's not in Ring of Honor anymore. He's still there. Oh, I don't know. He was in Marty's group, the Villain Enterprise. It was the big guy, Brody King? Oh, wrestled yeah, him. Yeah, Brody, we, yeah. Wrestled Brody. We tore it up in in California. Wrestled fucking Johnny Gargano. Wrestled fucking Bobby Fish. Wrestled Tony Nese. Wrestled Alex Reynolds. John Silver. All these guys you see on TV. Put this way, the three guys I wrestled when I won the the the, e, the ECW Super Eight tournament, I wrestled Tony Nese Matt, um, round one. I wrestled Bobby Fish. 
round two. I wrestled uh, Bandito Jr. round three, who's a referee what? in the WWE. So those three guys are in WWE right now, and your boy's not. Yeah, Nothing was- against them. They've earned it. God bless oh, no, them. Of course. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, and then other other referees, like uh, what's his name? Uh, Drake. Drake Younger, right? Wrestled him. Wrestled Claudio. Wrestled fucking Chris Hero. You've named them. Anybody who's anybody on the independents, I've wrestled and had great matches with. So, you know, Chiampa, you know, Adam Cole, uh, everybody. Anybody who's come off the Indies and made any impact, I've wrestled them. To the point where, and I hate, I don't want to share this story because Uh, I've had William Regal with a bat. I've had William Regal with a bat for me. No shit. Yeah. And it still didn't happen. And this is, this is, this, this was like five years ago. When they were first start when when they when they first put Kevin Owens into NXT, uh, NXT and he had the tryout, uh, I was supposed to go try out for NXT and I get get and I get getting pushed off, pushed off, pushed off, and then it just fell off the radar. But I had William fucking Regal, one of my idols, go to bat for me. So to me, that means the world to me, and I love that guy, for, and I will ever be and never in his in his debt for it. To the point where he pulled me aside and him and I had an hour conversation when I was working as an extra. He took time out of his day to sit down and talk to me. You know what I mean? So if he sees something in me and he's one of my idols, because when you watch him wrestle, you know, this fucking real, you know what I'm saying? You know that you're not going to get fucking leg slap city bullshit. You're going to get reality. Johnny Valentine style wrestling him. fit thinly. That's the type to of ever do it. Exactly. So for him to that, that's the ultimate compliment. And hopefully someone hears this from fucking WWE and gives me an opportunity. But if they don't, I'll keep on trucking. Whatever. Maybe when Billy Corgan. I'll tell you, man, like I'll tell you, man, honestly, like watch like watching your stuff and just like being a fan and and, and like seeing what you are capable of. The truth is, like, no matter where it goes, and I know like uh I know like this can be a thing for people who are in wrestling who haven't gotten to, you know, that next step or whatever. But I'm telling you, man, like as a fan, as a person who watches and as a as a person who like I've always loved the storytelling aspect of pro wrestling, your career has been brilliant. If no, somebody you. like if people are are not smart enough to see how awesome you are and give you a shot, it's because they need to get off the goddamn somas. It's got nothing oh. to do with you not doing it. It's just people need to people need to pay attention because you're golden, bro. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know, uh, again, million dollar question. Am I going to quit? No. There's a couple things I want to do before I hang it up. One is uh, make a lot of money doing this as a, as a career. Uh, two is wrestle in Japan, Korokan Hall, all the all the major stadiums for a major company. Uh, I would love to be New Japan Heavyweight Champion, to be honest. Oh, that'd be you. awesome, how- man. But I would also love to be the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, but I want to win it in Greece. Oh, so I want to fight Nick. Awesome. I want to fight Nick Aldis, win the belt in Greece <laughs> where it all started, and then maybe down the line, you know, after after a good feud with Nick, drop it back to him in England, where oh, he where shit. he's from. That I think that's good money and it's story that writes itself. But that's just me. You know what I'm saying? You're no thinking ever, like big, big picture, bro. Because that why, would be why huge. think small. That would be why, huge why, in Greece. Listen, why there is look why why think small? You know what I'm saying? Why limit yourself? You shoot for the for star. Real. You shoot for the moon. You get the stars. You're still ahead of everybody. Fuck you know, yeah. you know. Look, people say, "Oh, TV. We want something different. It has to be different. It has to be different." There's no wrestlers out there that fucking speak Greek. There's <laughs> no wrestlers out there that bring the Greek heritage, the tradition, the history, any of that to the table like I do. 
because it's the goddamn truth. And they don't. And, and, and at the end of the day, when you look at it, people will say, "Well, pro wrestling was started in the carnivals in England." No, it was not. <laughs> no, it didn't. Profession, no. Professional wrestling, when you look at the grand scope of it, is a hybrid of drama and wrestling. The Greeks invented Greco-Roman wrestling, hence Greco-Roman. The Romans are Greeks that migrated into Italy. That's so right. it's all Greek, right? And drama were invented by the Greeks. So those two components, those two ingredients of pro wrestling derives from the Greek culture, from Greek civilization. So the Greeks are the forefathers of professional wrestling. We invented everything. <laughs> Unfortunately, we give it to the world on a silver platter. Sometimes shit gets fucked up. I mean, it is what it is, you know? But again, not to sound egotistical, not to sound like a fucking uh, megalomaniac or a fucking godlike fucking complex here, <laughs> but for me to take that one ounce of truth and magnify it a thousand fold to get people to tell me to go fuck off, you know, in a crowd of thousands, then I'm doing something right. All right. So I don't want to get back to like the COVID conversation, but um, I, I do love that, that Jimmy asked about crowds, right? Because mm -hmm. it's something that not just, not just in the sense that it's something that maybe we can get back to, because I think you're right, GGP. I think you, it's human nature, right? We are, we are animals that need socialization, Right. I mean, the whole reason, like we're talking on Zoom right now, the whole reason Zoom exists is literally because people need socialization. Right. It's it's a it's a necessity. It's a necessary part of being a human being. And so the idea that we can all just stay locked down forever is like, no, that won't work no matter what. So so, yes, like we're talking about a dangerous thing. Right. We're talking about something that can be dangerous and that can kill people. And that's scary and that's bad. But you know what? I mean, saber tooth tigers were scary and bad. We still figured out a way to get over it and move past it and still socialize with other people because that's our necessary drive as beings, right? Like we have to do it. So whatever it is, you know, you can talk about, you can talk about the COVID, you can talk about the political landscape of it. Those are all things that, yeah, like those are interesting to talk about and nobody's going to have better opinions than you and the horsemen about those kinds of things. Right. But just on the pure physical, like we are humans, we have to get back to that point where we have socialization and where we're able to, to do those kinds of things again. Otherwise, we're not humans and we are. So we're going to do it. Oh, absolutely. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Unfortunately, people don't look at things logistically anymore when it comes to certain matters. Uh, and the so-called media is not journalism anymore. It's all propaganda. And the fact that Obama and company during the Obama administration made propaganda legal again, and their excuse for making propaganda legal again was to combat and fight foreign propaganda with domestic propaganda, which makes no fucking sense. But the fact that the media is being pushed with agenda and narrative as opposed to just being 
unbiased and reporting the facts and the news is what's really killing everything because people unfortunately listen to the news, those who are still asleep. I mean, it's called programming for a reason. And it doesn't matter if it's COVID, chicken pox, flu, fucking whatever it may be. As individuals, when something hits the, the scene the first time, it's going to affect us greatly until our bodies adapt to it and builds up a resistance and antibodies. Then, then when we build up that immunity as a, as a being, then it won't hit us as hard. That's why when you're, when you're a kid, you take, you know, for you to get sick, they used to say the old wise stuff, it's better for you to get the chicken pox when you're young. So you don't have to get it when you're older, you'll never get it again. Right. I recalled people yep. saying that when I was young. Well, it doesn't matter if it's COVID or whatever. The problem is they took something that's this big and made it this big and scared everyone after that. Now, yeah. the case is the CD says, you know, fucking it's going to kill us. The CDC, the WHO, you know, it's the next black peg. Two million people are going to die. And then what happens? All these people who allegedly passed away don't even come close to that number. Their, their forecasts were off. So then what happens? Allegedly, all these death certificates are being chalked up to the COVID and the majority of these people are dying from other symptoms that were brought on a faster rate because of COVID. They died not from it. They died with it. And it, there's a six month gap. If you had COVID six months ago and you die of a stroke five months after you have COVID, they're still chalking it up to COVID. Why is that? Yeah. People don't question why they're trying to push the narrative. What are they trying to fulfill? They're doing that but, here as well. Of course, because they look, man, Wait, do you guys go to the mechanic to go get recipes for cupcakes? Oh, or do you yeah, go to the course, bakery? The time. Do you got do you do you guys go to the bakery to get your fucking oil changed? No. <laughs> because you have certain people to do certain jobs well, and that's where you go there. So when we go fucking to to all these individuals out there, and we go to Bill Gates, who made his money fucking through computers to tell us about living healthy. What a joke. Doesn't make man. any gut. Doesn't make any sense. But again, I don't want to get down this rabbit hole because we're going to be here way longer than this fucking session is going to allow us. And I don't want to bore the people half to death who tuned in to hear about wrestling. As opposed to hearing, they want to hear about conspiracies. They want to hear about questioning the narrative. Then get your lazy asses down to twitch.tv slash conspiracy horsemen <laughs> Wednesday, 7.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And listen to the four of us talk about everything under the sun. Nice segue, that one. Well, what was I going to ask you, man? I don't know. What are you gonna ask? <laughs> yeah, like I hope the fan because really without the fans in attendance, it's not the same, man. I don't know how it affects you, like, but I mean, you seem to be like it didn't bother you watching your primetime match, but like, just not having the fans there, like, d does it sort of change the psychology of the match? Like, how do you work a no, match like that? It, it's weird wrestling. It's like look, wrestling in front of no fans is like training. Like if you go to a wrestling school to train, like I look, 21 years, I still go train every week. Right? Awesome. Not so much now with this COVID thing, unfortunately. But before COVID, I was going every week to train still. I don't have to, but I want to. Right. So when you're wrestling in the ring and you're having just an on-the-fly type of match and you're just working a match, there's no crowd. So what do you do? You just work, right? Difference between wrestling and working, right? Big difference. And I'll explain that in a second. When you were Wrestling in an empty arena, same thing. So to me, it's business as usual to me. I went out there. I did what I had to do. I played to the cameras. I was entertaining. I was vocal. I was energetic. 
when I'm in the ring, I don't pay attention to the crowd at all. I'm in a zone, you know. I'm it's just like 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 Luke Skywalker and the X-wing pilots in the trench during Episode Four: New Hope. Stay on target. Stay on target. I'm always on target. All right. So, you know, now the difference between working and wrestling. You can train a fucking monkey to wrestle. Can't train somebody to work. And what does that mean? Working, working means giving the fans what they want. Wrestling means going out there and choreographing a match from A to Z and doing it step by step. Now, do people like doing that? Yeah. Is it preferred to do one or the other? I like to work. I don't like to call things in the back because... You don't know what the people want to see. If they want to see ABC, but you have XYZ planned, you go out there. It's like pissing in the wind. You're not giving them what they want. They're not going to come back. They're not going to buy a ticket. And what happens? You don't get over. Your opponent, which is your job, doesn't get over. The match doesn't get over. So it's like a wet fucking fart. It's no good. All right? So what do you have to do? Again, on-the-job experience. You got to learn to improvise. You got to work. That's why it's called working, because you're working to get that that that. You're working with your partner in the ring or your opponent to get that reaction from the crowds and tell that story and get the angle over. You're not just going out there doing move for move. Again, why moves don't mean shit. I can give somebody a stare and get just as loud as reaction as a fucking Canadian destroyer, super kick, no sell, kick out at one, but sell a fucking chop in the match like it's a gunshot, <laughs> which makes no fucking no. sense. <laughs> See, who allows that to fucking happen these days, man? Like, I don't understand. You'd think the promoters, or especially like someone like a Vince McMahon, would be like, oh, what's this shit, you know? Like, uh, why I, I, do they allow this crap to even go on? Look, on like a Vince level, to, I go, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like, it, it comes down to it, it comes down to the psychology of, like, what wrestling is meant to be versus what a lot of people are kind of portraying it as in, in some different senses. It's like, um, you know, I, I, I when I watch AEW, right. I, I think that orange Cassidy actually has something. I watch him and I think like, okay, this guy's got, he's got a presence, like he's got charisma. He's, you know, he's entertaining, but if you're a heel working orange Cassidy and he starts giving you those kicks, if he hits more than one of those kicks on you before you just level him, you're not doing your job, right? Like you shouldn't just stand there and let him land four of his little, you know, kicks if you're trying to work because because you're meant to be the bad guy. And the reality is, right, if you're actually in a fight, which is what wrestling is meant to look like, you're not going to let somebody pretend to kick you three times. (laughs) Listen, you know what? To be honest with you, Chris, that is true, but it's also not true. And I'll tell you why. It all depends on the scenario and the story you're trying to tell. But when you're wrestling, you got to try to build some kind of rhythm in the match because when there's a rhythm and there's a flow, it's easier to follow, right? right. Otherwise, how boring does it to see a bear mole a, mole a bunny, right? Right. It might be it's, it might be like oh for a second, but then after a couple of minutes of him just mauling on that fuck, you know, oh I can't watch this anymore. It's too fucking much, you know. So. You know, at the same time, you also want to get your opponent over. It's not about you getting your shit in, but there's a way to do it where everyone gets over. And that's what I'm talking about, right? right. Uh, a move is just a move, right? You do it once, you get this big old face. Cool. You do it by the fifth or tenth time, 
the ovation the ovation starts to deplete. The pot becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So what happens? At the end of the day, you weren't over to begin with. Your move was over. By the time the move gets watered down, the move isn't over anymore. So you got to fucking do something more drastic and dramatic and more uh, depthifying in order to fucking entice the fans. Because you're playing to them as them to, for, instead of them to react to you. So then what happens? You're still not over. Your move isn't over. Then if not, that doesn't happen. You're not getting your opponent over. You're not over. The angle isn't over and your move ain't over. Then what the fuck are you doing there? You're just rolling around in your fucking underwear in the middle of the fucking ring. It really doesn't make nothing, any sense. Yeah. Put it this way. The people's elbow. The worm. All this shit. The most hokiest moves. But they're over because the people doing these moves were over to begin with. You get to a certain level where you're so fucking over. Like nuclear heat fucking over you can do whatever the fuck you want and it'll work right because that's when the entertainment aspect starts coming into play but you know what i'm saying you do it beforehand like orange cassidy people can say what they want but he does have something and i've wrestled orange oh, and i've wrestled chalk Taylor, and i've wrestled trent you know what i'm saying <laughs> so means- yeah i've wrestled all of them so he has something he has a certain niche that you normally don't see and he's doing it very well so God bless him. You know what I'm saying? For people to shit on him, you can't really shit on him. It's just something different. Now, at the same time, people are going to say, well, you know, I know it's not what I want to see. Okay, so change the fucking channel. Exactly. Go watch something else. It's that simple. Right, right. Stop dwelling on the negative. Focus on some positive. And that's it. Now, again, vanilla, strawberry, chocolate. Doesn't necessarily mean you like the flavor of ice cream, but if you want to eat some ice cream, eat some fucking ice cream. It's that simple. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, there you go. That's that's the difference between the mindset of a fan of wrestling and somebody who's a goddamn genius who's been doing it for 21 years. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And what are you going to say, Jimmy? Well, I was going to say, do you think the fans of today, and, and trust me when I tell you this, I fucking hate the fans of today, most of them, right? Just the way they are. All they do, like you said, is bitch about this, bitch about that. Nothing's ever good enough. And look, it's not as good as it used to be. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if that's because I'm older. I don't have time to watch so much wrestling. Or, or That's exactly or, why. Yeah, exactly. It's overexposed big time. No, it's yeah. not even that. It's you not, don't think look, so? No, because when you're younger and you're watching Flair Steamboat. Yeah. Or you're watching Hogan Rock. Or you're watching the NWO. You're watching DX. You're watching Stone Cold McMahon. Right? Or even Flair Race. Whatever. When you're a kid, this is your superheroes come to life. It's true, man. This is your comic book. This is your Batman versus Superman come to life that you thought you would never see. You know? 100. So what happens? That stays with you in your heart. It's nostalgia. Nothing compares to what's happening today as it did back then. No matter what genre, film, television, sports, whatever. There's a, there's a connection with your youth to what you're watching and what you're seeing. Does it mean that this wrestling of yesteryear was better than the wrestling the wrestling of today? That's all a matter of opinion and perspective. Okay, I love, the guys today are a lot more athletic oh, no than the guys in the past. But the guys in the past, you know, had that emotional connection and connected more. That was because it was kayfabe? Could be. Could it be that the people back then believed it more because there wasn't so many things and that one person took a punch, gigged themselves, 
or put themselves in a neck brace from a punch and people believe he's actually hurt as opposed to taking 17 Canadian destroyers, kicking out at two and getting small packaged for the finish. Who knows? It could be, a, look, there's many, many, many variables to this equation and the outcome can be different on many different aspects. There's no right or wrong answer. The only answer nowadays is this. And this, you said it yourself, the fans, they're the worst. Listen, I deal with Star Wars fans on top of that because of the <laughs> oh, Star shit. Wars podcast, right? The new Force yep. Order podcast I do. Star Wars fans are just as bad as the fucking wrestling fans. <laughs> you can't do anything right. People today, especially, I don't know how old you gentlemen are, but well, all these fucking, so. okay, all these millennials and Generation Y or whatever they're fucking called, they're all self-entitled. Right, because of this, because of instant gratification, they have everything at the access of their fingertips. They don't know what it means to go from A to Z, the hard work you have to put in to get that end result. They get an instant gratification. They don't know what it means. So when they don't know what it means to work hard for something, they expect things instantly. That itself has entailed into professional wrestling, and that entail has uh, in, you know also come into the certain performers, right? And don't worry about it, Jimmy, right? To the certain performers and the way they, they, they move in the ring because they, they always got to be moving because they're afraid that the crowd's going to be sitting on their hands. Fuck the crowd. You see, No offense, fans. No offense, but fuck the crowd because they're there to see you. They bought a ticket to see you. You didn't, you're not getting paid to see them or hear them. Guess what? You ever hear the boring when a guy has a <laughs> hold on? disrespectful, man. It's not disrespectful. No, you don't Let them think. chant that all day long. Because <laughs> guess what? I'll keep that person in that hold. <laughs> because each and every person will sit on the yeah. edge of their seat to see what's going to happen next. I'll have their attention. Well, that's the hold thing. Hold it an extra 10 seconds. <laughs> well, yeah. See, it would work for you. No doubt, I think, GGP, man. Like For you, I think it would work 100% with your persona and, and everything like that. It would just make people so pissed, you know? Even the wrestlers, you said it just now. Like they've become like they're, they're all worried about what's what people are saying on the internet, and the fans are saying fucking stupid shit as it is already on Twitter and and all this shit. You know what I mean? They think they're right, and the wrestlers like are insecure. A lot of them like with themselves. It's just a bad combination. Is it social media? Well, obviously that does have a big thing, but like it's sad to see it like this. And back in the day, back in the eighties and nineties. You had real men, man. You know, there's not that many of them anymore in today's professional wrestling, you know? I don't know what to say, but it's just, yeah, it's it's a change. No, it is. But even having this discussion is a reason, you know, no offense to you guys, but even yeah. having the discussion with you guys on a podcast right now is a reflection of how the business should not be. Yeah, well, that's right. You know what I'm I agree with you. So we shouldn't be sitting yep. here talking about, well, wrestling nowadays for little boys trying to act like men. <laughs> it's it's who, true. Who a bunch of soy boys who've never been in a fucking real fight. But that is the case. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You can, Look, I love Harley Davidson's. I love motorcycles, right? I've never ridden a bike a day in my life. You won't see me tomorrow hop on a fucking Harley <laughs> and try to go cross country because I've never fucking rode a bike before, right? So what I will do, I will take yep. lessons. That's and right. then learn how to write and work my way up to where I can handle it. So the bike doesn't handle me. I handle the bike. Same, same metaphor. Hopefully it makes some sense to this, to, to, we can apply it to this, but you know, it, it, that's just the way it is, you know? And when you tell people, Hey man, do this, do that. And the other, they look at you sideways, like, shut up, grandpa. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, but 
it, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? You know, you can talk, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force the horse to drink. Great, great. Well, so let them drown. Let them drown. Fuck. They don't <laughs> want to drink the water. Let them fucking drown. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I can care less. You, you don't say how many times I see kids and they're like, oh, what'd you think of my match? Well, this sucked. That sucked. That sucked. And they go, oh, but this was good, right? So you're not asking me what I honestly think. Uh-huh. You just want me to fucking tickle your balls and tell you exactly. how good you were in the ring. Exactly. That's not going to happen. Yeah. You ask me to watch a match, I'm going to tell you what you need to fix. And now when I come in the back, when I come in the back and I ask people the same question, because I still ask people to, you know, the same question. 21 years doesn't mean I know everything. No. I still learn every time I'm in the ring. I'll ask somebody, hey, man, am I watching my match? Thank you. And then when I come in the back, they'll be like, so what did you think? What didn't you like? That's the first question I ask, because that's what I want to fix. You understand what I mean? I know I've done well. I know when I go out there that I fucking outperform the majority of the people on the card. And I know for a fact I got the probably the loudest ovation that night. Whether a cheer or a bull, or whatever the case may be, I had them on their on the edge of their seats rocking and rolling. I know that. So I don't need their their I don't need justification, yeah. Justification yeah. and their approval. I just want to know what I can do better. And that will make me better in the ring. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't. The ego, ego is a son of a bitch. Ego and pride, bro. Unfortunately, that's a deadly combination. There's a lot of it in this business. But I was going to say that. But it's important to have an ego too, man, in, in your line of work, you know? Like you have to. Well, man. Yes and no. You got to know how to turn it off. And you got to know that you got to take criticism here and there. Of course, I come yeah. home. I come home. I'm not Greek. I'll pop it on. I'm not. Pop it on is my last name. But I'm just fucking myself when I come home. I'm just Jimmy. That's it when I come home. I'm not fucking Greek cop Papadon. I'm Demetrius Papadon. That's it. Who am I? I'm the jobber in my house who does, who does a jobber to his wife and kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's brilliant, man. I love that. But but see, it's just, it, it's sad, man. That's all. And I really do hope, like, because like you said, the fans annoy me, man. And look, I'm a fan too. I mean, shit, I think I know everything, right? But I don't, I've never been in your shoes. I don't know shit, really. You, you know what I'm saying, and I'm sure, yeah. pe- and I'm sure people like me. I'm not not me specifically, but fans mm. like us, right? Because you know we think we know everything. We're marks. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I'm a mark, right? But we're all marks. Yeah, well, that's it. You know what I mean? So, like, do you guys like? Specific- I know you don't. You don't really give a shit about what people say, but does anything bother you ever? Like in particular online, or you never let it bother you? The only thing that bothers me is when people backstage will smile to your face, tell you oh. to do a good job, and then nothing happens. Or or you find out they were full of shit. You know what I'm saying? So that, that bothers me. The politics of the industry sometimes bothers me because I've grown up, maybe just me, I'm a fucking man. If I don't like you or I don't like something about you, I won't say it behind your back. I'll tell you right to your face. And if you get upset and you try to spring it to me, I'll punch you in the fucking throat. And it's that simple. And put you in your place. Again, I'm not a tough guy. I'm not threatening anybody. I would never do so. Right? I'm a parent. I'm a husband. I try to instill qualities into my children that's saying, hey, don't be a bully. I hate bullies. It's funny because I'm always playing. I I always play the bully in the ring. But I hate bullies. Right? But I tell my kids, be a leader. Never be a follower. And if something happens your way, never back down. If a bully bullies you. Punch that fucker in the throat. Fucking why? Agree. Why? Because he won't bully you anymore. And that's it. That's it. Thanks. It's better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission in that scenario, in my opinion. Now, 
you know, the way the way I'm sorry, I fell off traffic. I fell off uh, off track here. But you know, uh, fucking CT is kicking in right now. Hold on, on. happens to me all the time. (laughs) So, um, like with my kids, right? I tell them be a leader, whatever I was, whatever I just said. But the but thing that bothers me is if if you know, I'm told, hey man, we're gonna give you the strap. You're gonna have it for a year. Three months later, I'm losing it. What happened to the year? Or hey man, guess what? You're gonna wrestle this guy and this guy. Or this guy, you know, whatever. All right, cool, man. Whatever you want. I come to the show. All things change. You're in the opening match now. Okay, whatever. I don't care. I'm still getting paid the same amount. But just be honest with me. That honesty factor, people doing business, talking face-to-face, looking a man in the eye, shaking his hand, and taking him for his word means the world to certain people. Oh, yeah. You know, it's almost – it's like calling a a business – and speaking to someone on the phone as opposed to talking to a fucking press one for this, press two for this department. You know what I mean? You have to talk to somebody. Unfortunately, a lot of these fucking promoters are fake-ass promoters. They don't know how to promote. And again, what do they do? They claim to be promoters, but they'll only book the flavor of the week because, oh, he'll draw. And then what happens? Three months later, that kid ain't drawing anymore because people are tired seeing that one maneuver that got the kid over or they're tired of seeing the kid slap his thigh when he's throwing a kick or a strike. And people are like, I oh, fuck this kid in his fucking high spot kick pads. I don't want to see him anymore. You know, so it's like, do your fucking job. Be a promoter. Book good quality talent that fucking gets everything over from the opening match to the main event and get a better brand. Build your brand from within, you know? But a lot of, a lot of promoters don't do that. So whatever. But look, it's easy to sit on the outside and try to fucking tell everybody what's wrong. You know, it's fucking armchair booking. But, you know, is there a way to fix it? Yeah. Is it going to be fixed now? So you you truly believe it's just, it's going to stay like that? And it always has been like that to a degree anyway, but... Look, man, it is exactly what it is. It is what it is. You just have to roll with the punches. Look, 21 years. 21 years. And again, it's not... This business owes me not a fucking thing. I chose to be in the wrestling business. This If I don't ever make it to WrestleMania... I can't cry. Ooh, I didn't get my shot. There's no guarantees in professional wrestling. There never was. There wasn't a document that says, well, if I do this for X amount of time, I'm going to get A, B, C. No. I knew going in that this business is bad on my body. It's bad on my mind. It's going to fuck me up. I'm going to lose a lot as far as my, my life goes, missing events, missing family functions, this, that, and the other. But... Is it worth taking? I said, yes. Now, if things happen to fall my way and I happen to get some good luck and shit falls on my lap and I'm able to make fucking chicken salad out of, out of chicken shit, then great. Or as Spiro likes to say on the NFO, soup salad out of chicken shit. Don't ask me why. But, you know, case in point, if I get my chance, I get that one yes, is it all worth it? Absolutely. Oh, fuck you. Absolutely. But, Am I going to cry about not making it? No, because guess what? There's no guarantees. And that's what people have to realize. I know so many people who quit after hearing their first no, or so many people bitching and moan. Oh, I didn't make it. I should have been here. I should have been there. Fuck you. Maybe you should have been fucking eating that chalupa. Maybe you should have been doing extra crunches. Maybe you should have been in the gym or been at fucking training, learning how to do a better fucking bump on a fucking move. Maybe you should have been crying to a fucking promoter about this, that, and the other, trying to play politics for a fucking crowd of 50 people and just do your goddamn job. But it's the nature of the beast, man. 
do you feel, because you bring up another interesting point, I wanted to ask you this before, but like everyone knows you, man. I'm talking about in the business. Like the wrestlers know you, promoters know you. Do you think there's people out there that are trying to hold you back? You know what I mean? I don't know. Bro, I don't know. I have no idea. <coughs> Look, wrestlers overanalyze anything. There's a, there's a story that I once heard from Piper. It's almost like a joke. Three wrestlers are sitting on a park bench. One wrestler goes, oh, man, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> the other wrestler looks at the, the wrestler number two, looks at wrestler number one as wrestler number three goes to the bathroom and goes, what's he up to? You said the it perfectly. The, that's, that's the gist of the industry because there is no union and there'll never be a union. Never. Right? Because it's all, you know, a independent contract is 1099 when we should be W-2 employees with fucking insurance and all that stuff. Look, there's a lot of bad things in this business, but there's a lot of bad things in every fucking industry. No, no doubt about it. Yep. So, 100%. you know what? To sit here and qualm over the fucking negativity in the business, it's like, again, peeing in the wind. You're not going to go anywhere. That's right. So we should focus on the positivity and try to make the best out of a situation and help build each other up and bring each other up as opposed to That's knock how each it other should down. Be. That's how it should be, man. Ideally, yeah, is. but yeah. But ideally, this fucking this world isn't all fucking uh, puppies and rainbows, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, GGP, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, we'll give you some time to answer, and then I guess we should probably wrap it End up it. just because yep. it looks like we're. I have 37 kids, brother. Zoom. I don't know how to wrap it up. <laughs> 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 oh that's awesome all right uh but i wanted to ask you a question because you had uh, talked about like sort of knowing what you're getting into uh, right shoot. like sort of knowing the you know how damaging the business can be right and just how cutthroat it can be that kind of thing and this is something that sort of ties back to like me having boxed for a number of years too is that you know, there's a lot of people in, you know, combat sports, specifically wrestling, boxing, MMA, that kind of stuff right now who are, you know, they're, they're suing about CTE and that kind of thing. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you even feel comfortable talking about this, but for me, when I was boxing, I always knew that the risks, like I always knew getting punched in the head was not healthy for me. Right. Like I always knew like this could cause problems in the, in the, in the future. And somewhere in the back of my mind, I always had the thought like I could die doing this. That's possible. Right. So just, just maybe if you could give us your thoughts on like, you know, that, that current sort of uh, thing in in wrestling combat sports whatever where uh there seems to be a lot of people saying i didn't know i didn't know i need money now and uh just sort of what you think about that and i mean if it's one way or the other you know i i just i just want to hear what you have to say well look to try to to try to group all these in the, all these scenarios under one umbrella and try to give one blanket answer is going to be very difficult because each story may have dif different variables in the equation that may, you know, be different scenarios that I have no, I'm not privy to. So I can't, you know, say, Hey, in this case, this guy said this, and this guy is wrong. And this, this one, she's right. And this, cause I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I try not to keep my my nose in other people's business. I just keep it in my own business. You know what I'm saying? So, but overall, come on. You're getting into professional wrestling. You're getting into Thank combat you. sports. Thank and you. you're trying to play the fucking, I didn't know. Come on. Of course you knew. It's just that things didn't fall your way. And now you're trying to play the role and try to play work the gimmick. So try to make something of it with your last hurrah. That's 
not saying on anybody. All I'm saying is, let's face it. You get into boxing, you know you get punched in the fucking head repeatedly. You know it's not going to be good. You get into wrestling. Every time you take a bump, your brain rattles, right? So you're taking chairs to the head. You're fucking doing all these crazy moves, yada, yada, yada. It's going to affect you in the long run. Case in point, all these people with CTE, you ever see an old-time wrestler when they talk? They talk very slowly, you know? And I'm probably going to be like that in 20 fucking years. And I tell my wife all the time, you know, you know, just leave me by the window with a blanket and, and, and Star Wars on and I'll be fine, you know? <laughs> but, you know, did I know this coming? Of course I did. But why do we do it? Exactly. And that's why what do we do it? Well, that's because you you, you, you can't understand un- a, that's right. unless you're in it. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So you do it because... Like I said earlier, it's the greatest fucking high in the world, controlling the emotions of everybody, emulating what you grew up watching. And, you, you know, like I met, Sting, I met Sting at the New York Comic Con. Me too, actually. Ago. I've met Sting too, funny enough. But yeah. And, and I walked up to him and I said, Sting, pleasure meeting you. My name is Greek God Papadon, Jimmy. I said, I'm a worker. I just want to say thank you. You're the reason why I became a wrestler. You and, and the story I told you, I told him. He's like, really, kid? Really? I'm like, yeah, man. I was like, I'm from New York, but I grew up loving the NWA, watching you win the TV title against Rotundo and the varsity. And he's like, he was like taken back. And when I would do other other NWA legend fests and this, that, and the other, like I'd go up to Bob Cottle. I'd go up to this one. Now I'm like, thank you. It's a pleasure meeting you, sir. You know, I... I loved you as an announcer. And they'd be like, you're from New York and you actually know who I am. You're not all WWF. And I'm like, because no. it's true, yeah. You know, to the point where I had, a, here's a good story. I was wrestling Luke Hawks at NWA Legend Fest. Yeah. And the greatest referee, Tommy Young, of all time, in my opinion, oh, was refereeing the Rock you. and Roll, was refereeing the Rock and Roll Express that night. So I walked up to Tommy Young. I said, well, Tommy, can I ask you for a favor? He's like, hey, kid, what, what is it? So can you ref my match with Luke? He's like, oh, I don't know, I'm old. I can't keep up with you young guys. Because I'm only here to do the Rock and Roll Express. I said, look, I'm not going to lie to you. You're my favorite referee of all time. You're the greatest. I said, having you ref my match is something on my bucket list. I said, I'm, he goes, where are you from? I said, I'm from New York. He goes, you know who I am? I said, know who you are. How the fuck do I not know who you are? I call myself a professional wrestler or a student of the game. Bad. I said, of course I do. I said, look, I'm not going to sit here and try to sell you. If you feel comfortable doing it, it'll be a great honor to have you ref my match. If not, no worries. No heat. Nothing. I understand. Half hour goes by. He comes up to me. He goes, I got you, kid, tonight. Just take care of the old man. I said, <laughs> awesome. you got it. So what happens? Luke and I have the match. Uh, and again, I ask Lance, I meet Lance Storm that night, right? And I asked Lance Storm to watch the match, right? Fucking, at the time, I don't know, what is I Fucking 15, 16, 17-year veteran asking another veteran to watch my match. No fucking, no, there's no ego with me when it comes no, to this yeah, shit, right? Of course not. Yep. So... The finish of the match was something or other. I forgot what it was. But we we did it a spot in the match where I hit a flying European off the second rope, like I normally do. I go for it later on in the match. Luke catches me and turns into a fucking bridging German. Ooh. That wasn't the finish. That's supposed nice. to be one, yeah. one, two, kick out, two and seven eights, right? <laughs> Fuck, I don't know if he was tired. I don't no. know. He says, I, I didn't kick out, but I know I kicked out. He <laughs> counted three. Oh, and I started arguing and throwing a fit. <laughs> like, I throw a, like I throw a fit. Not legit. Just, okay, but this, right. this yeah. is how I'm thinking. I'm yeah, like, yeah. fuck it. So what? We took it home early. He must be tired. 
Or maybe I didn't get up, you know, quick enough. I know I did because I know what I can do, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. So I get up and I get in his face and I'm yelling. So what do I do? What do I do? Nothing called on the fly. Push. Tommy oh, Young looks shit. at me. He pushes me. Awesome. I take the bump. Awesome. The place erupts. <laughs> get up all pissed yes. off. like, And I go to charge him. He goes behind Luke Hawks. And Luke Hawks fucking stands his ground. That's and awesome. I fucking powder. Boom. And Tommy leaves. And everyone's chanting, Tommy, Tommy. So I come in the back. So I go to, to uh, Lance. I said, Lance, uh, anything about this? He goes, the match is perfect. He goes, there's one little thing I would have done in the comeback. I w- the move, the first move he hit in the comeback, Luke hit, I would hit at the end of the comeback. He goes, other than that, fucking money. He goes, that ending with Tommy, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I said, can I be honest with you? He goes, yeah, that was on the fly. He looks at me, he goes, really? I said, yeah, that wasn't planned because that wasn't the finish in the match. The finish was supposed to come, you know, later on, whatever it was. He counted three. He says, I didn't kick out, but whatever. It was what it was, and I just went off of it. He looked That's at me, he goes, awesome. He goes, good shit, kid. That's fucking one way to work. <laughs> That's great. And it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, again, just a little story. No, that's a little little story. Story. It's, it's brilliant is what it is. I mean, it's it's brilliant. I, 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 I got to say, like, yeah. I, I got to say, like, you know, that first ever time podcasting, I was excited enough to come on here and do this thing with Jimmy and then hearing we were going to do this with GGP. And I'm just like, holy crap, this is going to be awesome. Dude, this, this, this was so beyond my expectations on top of it. Thank you so much for being on, man. Like, oh, thanks for having me guys. I would love to do it again. Oh, I'd love to have you back on. (laughs) Everything that I've said today, man, it's not, it's not me saying it, you know, to try to do whatever, like, I'll I'll be honest with you. Like, like, I think you're great. I think that you deserve a shot. And I think that if anybody gives you a shot, you're going to take that thing and run with it. Like you won't just score a touchdown. You'll win the Super Bowl. Somebody thank just you. needs to hand the ball to you and you'll do it. I really believe that, man. So again, thank you so much for being on with us. Well, thanks for having my brother. We're going about to die right now. I want to get my plugs in, but yeah, exactly. We'll- no, no, no. Say it. Do it right now. That's what I was yeah, going to say for to it. you. Go, go. go for it. All right. Find me conspiracy horseman, right? It's Conspiracy Horseman at uh, twitch.tv slash Conspiracy Horseman. Wednesday night, 7.15 on Twitch. PM, Eastern Standard Time. Acrecot Papadon is the Twitter and the Instagram. Demetrius Papadon is the Facebook. Pro Wrestling T slash, slash Greek God Papadon. YouTube channel, Greek God Papadon. You can also catch me doing a Star Wars podcast because I'm a Star Wars, Mark. It's the new Force Order. Myself. Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo, Darth Spirodon, a.k.a. Spiro Antonopoulos, The Butcher. It's at NFO underscore podcast on Twitter, New Force Order, on Instagram, official New Force Order, on Facebook, New Force Order at yahoo.com is the email. Send us your email. We'll read them on the show. Get you over for a little bit because we get ourselves over even more. But most importantly, guys, thank you for having me on. I would love to come back and fucking powwow some more about some pro wrestling. No doubt, man. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you on, GGP, man. And please, man, I'd love to have you on again. There's no invitation needed. Well, thank you, man. I'm, I'm honored. I really am. And to all you promoters out there, pop it on 595 at yahoo.com <laughs> is the email. You can hit me up for any booking inquiries. And hopefully we can do business together. 